0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The End Credits, the podcast where two brothers discuss their thoughts in a film of their choosing. I'm Dominic. I'm Jonathan. And today we are talking about George Cukor's American romantic comedy, The Philadelphia Story. For me, uh, I have to say that I felt like the story was actually going to go in a different direction. So it's not what I expected. Yeah, definitely for me too. I I thought it was, I had like a different vision in mind when I heard of like, you know, who was involved in this film. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think like uh, just like a general sense is like, maybe it was like a bit overcomplicated at parts. Yeah. Because it's like a very much of uh, a heavy dialogue film. So, like, it's easy to, like, kind of like, okay, was that what happened there? Am I, like, understanding it correctly? Or, like, you know, maybe another part of the film changed your mind on certain scenarios. So it's like, you know, Uh, I had to do some, like, a little bit of research, you know, just to see, it's like, okay, is this what happened? Am I, you know, understanding it correctly? And I think, like, I think I know, you know, what occurred, but I'm uh, excited to, like, talk about it with you right now. Yeah, I just feel like I was a bit confused with the story at first and, you know, not going too much into depth right now, but I just felt like, I felt like some of the scenes were just choppy and the dialogue was quite fast, but we'll get into that. The American romantic comedy film The Philadelphia Story was directed by George Cukor with a release date of December 26, 1940. had a runtime of 112 minutes and it stars Cary Grant. Katharine Hepburn, and James Stewart. When a rich woman's ex-husband and a tabloid-type reporter turns up just before her planned remarriage, she begins to learn the truth about herself. yeah that's the basic premise of the story again i i feel like just first impressions i just felt like the the scenes were felt felt very choppy like it was hard to follow at times like it wasn't just about the dialogue but i felt like i felt i just felt like certain scenes just didn't connect like with the camera for example like whenever we were talking with one character then we moved to a next to like the next it just didn't it didn't line up properly and it was a little strange. It was jarring to me and I felt like the dialogue was just quite like it It was all over the place and it was a little hard to follow at times, but I think I did get the gist of everything. So I want to say what was actually like distracting was the fact that there was too much star power. Maybe in my mind, the fact that there was Cary Grant, Katherine Hepburn and James Stewart in the same film. Yeah. Like, uh, it just, I don't think there was enough room for each of them to play their, like, dynamic roles, maybe, for me. Mm. Like, uh, just because, like, they had to, like, give attention to, you know, each individual. Whereas, I think, alone, they could easily do their own movie, you know? Right, yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't know if the star power really affected me any. I think I'm used to seeing all three of them in film, so I just felt like... But together, like, because usually right. you right. might get one, you know. Right, or, or maybe, two. Maybe two, but three is like, you know. It did feel weird, but I wasn't distracted by it at all. I felt like Jimmy Stewart definitely was, the was like, fantastic, like, as usual. And I thought he was the thing that stood out the most. And I felt like, personally, he was more convincing than Cary Grant in this film. I actually think each of them did what, like, I think of them when they did their, like, their roles as, like, a, I guess, like a... Uh, what do you call it when like a an actor just does their thing? What do you call that sort of scenario? I mean, perhaps just their type or their kind of role. Yeah, uh, basically, like I feel like as if they they played their part correctly, as you know, you would imagine, as you them, would expect them to yeah, play too. Or like uh, James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, you know, he he plays this everyday man, and he was so loose throughout this film. You could just tell by his demeanor. Yeah. Whereas Cary Grant, he's kind of like. He doesn't really do anything, but like that's his like MO, I guess, where he's right. like he's very much in the right place at the right time. Has he's, witty dialogue. Yeah, it says the the things, you know, at the correct moments, you know, and basically just everybody's like can get behind him at some point. And then Catherine Hepburn, I always, I always felt because the only film I've actually seen her in prior to this is um man, is it The Lion in the North or The Lion in Winter? Some 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 older movie. Where she plays like, uh, I want to, I believe it was like uh, the semi-villain of that uh, one. Okay. Where she was like a really strong and like threatening woman basically, right? Yeah. Where like uh, she could take down anybody. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess I always thought about uh, that about her where she's like, she's like the strong woman. Yeah. And like, in just in comparison to like uh, other type of women during this age of film, you know, that like they, they were basically behind like an, um, a man of some sort where... I felt that, like it was different with Catherine Hepburn where she was basically, uh, you know, she could do whatever, anything basically, right? Right, yeah. In, in, com- in comparison, so this is like the time and the ages. So, like, I felt as if that uh, basically each of them did that sort of thing. And I, I sensed that sort of presence sure uh, in between. And then, you know, they go into like different uh, sides to it, you know, when they actually like delve into um, – the actual characters and stuff, mm-hmm. but like just like as, as the image is that I see before them, like I saw that like uh, hints maybe. Yeah. I think they all brought their own sense of, you know, the obviously stardom, but also like just their, their um like the way they normally like play a role and how they go about it. I just felt like, I think I'm, I'm, I just really like Jimmy Stewart's style and I just feel like, I, as much as I do like Cary Grant and I do like Catherine Hepburn as well, I just felt like that they don't, I don't like gel with them as easily as Jimmy Stewart, I think. And so I just felt like I was really wanting to see scenes with Jimmy Stewart a lot of the time, but not because like he's Jimmy Stewart. It was just because uh, I liked that he was always just convincing for me. And I felt like every time when he was involved, I felt more I felt more attached to the story and uh, whereas the other two I just felt like I couldn't I couldn't get behind as much in this film for whatever reason which is strange but because usually like I feel like like you were saying if if they were in their own respective films I feel like I can get behind them but when they were all three but I don't think it's I don't think it's because of their star power I think it was just more or I guess maybe it could be but um I don't know I think just how the film played out it was that way for me i would agree that like uh, jimmy stewart has like this um ability to like just be so effortless it seems where like he's so natural in Mm -hmm. that role maybe that like it just seems so like it seems so him or just seems so like uh inviting if that's the word right Where the other two you know they have like other a- angles to their characters, and maybe they just don't play it off as like easily as Jimmy Stewart does. Perhaps. So maybe that's you know what uh, affected you right there, possibly. Yeah, um, the one thing that I think the one like the starter question that I have is, and I was like thinking about this throughout the movie, uh, how do you think, like, do you think that this film aged well? How do you feel about that? I, like, in certain areas, sure. In other areas, no. Yeah, I I agree. I Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think this is a bad movie. But I don't know. Uh, I just felt like I wasn't able to connect with the story. Like, as much as, like, other films that I have seen with these three. And like obviously not together because I think this is the only film they've ever done together, them three. But more so, just like with this story, like I I didn't think it was bad, but I just felt like I I was like thinking to myself like almost like constantly throughout the movie I was just like man I just feel like that this film hasn't aged well like like it, it and it goes from personally I kind of felt like the dialogue was poorly written for me like personally uh and obviously some of like the the stereotypes and tropes that are in this film of course and i did do a little bit of research though and i did learn that these kind of stories with the comedy uh of remarriage was commonplace in the 30s and the 40s it was a popular genre in film so with that knowledge i was like okay so I can see like where it fit within that time period. And it probably did with a lot of other films that were probably just like this one. Where we have a couple. They, are, they get a divorce. They go in their own separate ways. But then they end up remarrying in the end. And uh, I, I don't know. I guess that that story to me is something that is outdated. So it was harder for me to... Get into the story, I would say. I think it's simply because of the presence of these three, it was easier for me to enjoy. I think what, like, outdates it, if if anything, to me, is just, like, some of the ideas around it, possibly. Um, Like, going into, like, specific—it's basically, like, certain characters and just what they're supposed to go through and, like, what it means for them, you know, essentially— I think some of that, like ideology, could be outdated. I don't know about like the 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 just the fact that the remarriage stuff. Like, I think that's okay, you know. I guess right, like sure, m- make a film about it, but yeah, I think it's just more like the the actual concepts when it goes like to in character and like uh, you know what each individual like represents and stuff like that. Like just their mindset, on so, you know what, why they're doing the stuff that they are doing. And if they are right and wrong, stuff, basically like that, right? Right, yeah. Like, um, I guess I'll just go into, like, just individual characters and just who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, Catherine Hepburn is playing uh, Tracy Lord, I believe. Yes. And she's supposed to be, like, this, uh, basically, uh, like, a higher-upper-class woman. Yeah. And she divorced uh, C.K. Dexter Haven, Mm -hmm. uh, which is supposed to be Cary Grant. And uh, we see that like at the beginning of the film, right? And um, basically, for uh, Tracy, uh, well, again, it, it depends on whose side you see it from. Correct. Where like uh, she divorces Dexter, or Dexter divorces her. I don't. I don't remember. I think it's her uh, divorces Dexter. Right. Where basically, um, she dislikes him for his alcoholism right and just to, or and then he thinks that it's yes it's the alcoholism but also that she sets too high of standards just for their lifestyle and for like you know, what each individual could do because apparently uh, again it goes into like her character where apparently she sets those standards for you know her uh, spouses and her family and all that stuff right and apparently and to, to everybody around her it, again, it depends on who you ask, and um, and then here comes Jimmy Stewart with uh, he's just some random support reporter for like uh, well no I guess he is a random reporter but like the people who want to cover the new marriage of Tracy Lord they basically want um, somebody covering it because oh it's gonna be like a really good story right and uh, they use Dexter to basically get in but also blackmail. At The same time, which is kind of like again, this is like a layer that's like why even add it to the film because it, it just confuses stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, and um, basically, uh, just to sum it all up, you know, here's another guy who eventually sees uh, like some goodness in uh, Tracy, while uh, everybody else kind of like blames some stuff on her. Well, I would actually say idolizes her if we're you know, if we're talking it, about it, it, depends on who it is, technically, exactly. But I, I think that people like. Tracy's new fiance, uh, George. Yeah, and and, Ridge, something like that. Yeah, something like that. So, so people like George who idolizes her, and basically, the people who have this idea that Tracy's, you know, this goddess and this angel, and she's perfect and without problems and things like uh, of that nature. So, uh, that that's another aspect to it. Yeah, and. That's, like, the, the, the new husband, George's side of it where, yeah, he's, the, like, idolization of her. Like, she's perfect. And then Jimmy Stewart's character, which is, like, uh, what's his name? Connor McC- McC- McCauley, something yeah. like that. Connor. Um, He and his side is, like, he sees – he's just, like, a Jimmy Stewart character, really, you know, where he's uh, the everyday man. who kind of sees, like he, – he dislikes this upper-class society stuff, but he kind of sees some – uh, some I guess good thing come out of it in some ways, and then he he basically sees her for like uh like a, an actual real person, Correct. and where Dexter Haven, which is Cary Grant again, uh his characters like the divorced uh, husband who he kind of he likes her, but he thinks that uh she's like too demanding in in that sense, yeah. And then she basically has to like uh, come up with, you know, who she likes basically by the end. Well, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think it's more about, it's more like she's coming to the realization of who she is and accepting those imperfections. It's not about, I wouldn't say that it's about like, oh, you know, who does she like in the end? It's more about herself and learning. You're right, you're right. And, uh, Yeah, you're right. You're, you're correct. It's uh, basically, yeah, they, they, we we come to that sort of conclusion. That's what we talked about. Where basically the remarriage happens with Dexter. But uh, basically, I think going back to this like outdated sort of scenario and like who was right and wrong, I would say in like uh, so. I think it was kind of just weird how like Dexter would would basically. It's kind of hard to tell whether or not like uh, he did actually like her and whose side he was on which is, like, kind of, like, conflicting where George... Oh, I'll... Okay, still stay stay on Dexter. Well, that was uh, conflicting where, like, uh, did he like her or did he not like her? And the fact that, like, uh, I can see a a sense where he could possibly blame her for, like, uh, uh, setting high standards if that's a real thing, right? Okay. But, like, maybe not the alcoholism part. Like, I can see someone not liking the alcoholism and like say no to that right whereas in george's case his is probably like all wrong or like just idolizing her and putting her on this pedestal we're actually not liking like the concepts you know or who she actually is just this idea right or that's what you know george is probably all wrong and when it comes to like um jimmy stewart's character i guess his part was also wrong only for the fact that like uh I feel like he, we didn't have, like, enough time for that, like, whole development and that uh, he's basically, like, uh, I feel as if, like, a wrong place, wrong time thing where, sure, he he did like her in some sense. But, like, he had this other uh, reporter character that uh, she liked him. and he Liz. Sent Liz, she seemed – or he seemed not to even notice and, like, be inconsiderate in that sense. Right. Possibly. Um and yeah, and then also if we go to like uh, the father, right? The mm. father, the, the father was completely wrong in my opinion. Where like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, where he blamed her for like uh, this affair thing because that's where the blackmail uh, stuff happens, right? right? And that's where it comes from. And uh, yeah, for me, the father was completely wrong. So like, like I said, there was different aspects in in uh, in Philadelphia's story where like, sure, like I can see. Some characters have some validity to it, but where others is like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so um, with this, and I actually wanted to bring this up with all these like different characters at play and we have to follow along. Um, I did learn that the Philadelphia story was based on a Broadway play of the same name. And there was even like a, yet like another character included in the story. But they were removed from the film to provide room for uh for Mike, Jimmy Stewart's character. And as I was watching this movie and like how we're discussing about all these different characters and like, you know, the complexity of what seems to be an overcomplicated story. Yeah. And things, it's, like, it's very complicated. Correct. I I was like thinking throughout as we were watching, I felt like that this would feel better as a as a as a play. As a stage play that you could watch via theater, I was like, I felt like that this film feels better for theater. This kind of story feels better in in that medium, in my opinion, especially like when we come to things like the dialogue, but the, especially with the characters, because I think with all these different characters involved, I felt like it's a little harder within film, and like you were trying to say that we couldn't really have, we didn't have a ton of time with Mike and and Tracy to develop this this relationship so we could or at least like you know play with the idea because obviously in the end as we see they you know they they don't end up getting together or anything like that but it it just kind of felt like weird not to the point where not to the point where I felt like it came out of left field because I saw it coming but almost felt like it wasn't quite enough either for like Getting information to where, or getting enough feeling, to care about the relationship. I think like um, like in essence, it makes sense, like, right? Like uh, right, even like the the whole like just the idea of it happening makes sense. But like like you said. It probably just because of time constraints or just we didn't have enough time with each of individual characters, mm. which is kind of like uh, it was yeah, it was just weird. like we we didn't have enough time to like see certain things and certain things develop. But like it, it makes sense for like somebody after like uh, a bunch of like, I would say like the the putting down of uh, Tracy Lord where another character comes in and sees like the good side of stuff like that feels good like as a re- like a redemption sort of scenario oh right but like uh just kind of how we got there in movie time it kind of felt a somewhat you know like out of balance you know are yeah. in, in a play maybe we could have had some sort of uh like different scenarios like maybe maybe a lighting could like you know uh maybe shine upon certain areas, you know, but, and like even like an extension of time possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Whereas, in, you know, in this one, we just, we don't have enough, uh, like information to like, okay, this is, where we're supposed to be and with this overcomplication of stuff not clearly, like, lab- labeled out. Yeah. It, you're like, okay, so this is supposed to be here, this is supposed to be here, and, you know, you might not get there in time. Yeah, you try to, like, understand, like, the, the things that are at play. And I don't know if I would even say... I don't even know if I would really say that maybe time isn't the... Or not necessarily time, uh, because I think time is was an issue for the story. But uh I think I would... ...rather say like information... ...because I think we did have information there... ...to put pieces together... ...I just think that it wasn't... ...and we don't necessarily need to be clear... ...about... ...information in a film... ...but... ...it has to be clear enough... ...to where... ...we can at least infer some things... Uh, ...like a little bit easier... ...especially like when we have so many characters that we need to follow, we need to understand their different motives behind why they're trying to help out or not help out a certain character. And I just felt like, and I think you used the perfect word, the idea of like the film just felt imbalanced a lot of the time, in my opinion, where I felt like we were just here in one moment and then we were here in the next and then... And then it just starts slowing down again or then it picks up really quickly. And it just felt like it was like that throughout the entire movie and I thought to myself, oh, maybe this is only for like the beginning and or, or like at least in the first few moments of the film and then it's going to start kind of slowing down a little bit and then it never did. Right. So it just felt like, like I was already confused at the point where I didn't even understand Mike and Liz's like their... I didn't really understand their place in the story in the very beginning. I understood... The one thing I did understand was the fact that they didn't feel... Or at least Mike didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. By, you know, going in there and, you know, being the paparazzi essentially. Whereas Liz was a little bit more open to the idea of it because she needs the money. And I didn't even, like, catch the whole blackmail thing either until we were, like, midway through this whole charade of tracy and uh dina i believe who's her sister her younger sister or i yeah. don't even know who she is yeah. uh and you know the, this whole charade with them trying to play with the reporters and everything and i was like i, I was confused i was like what's going on here And it, and it just felt a little like i was able to catch on but it just took some time and and i just felt like a lot of the film was just like me trying to catch up to things and it's like does, is this what this scene supposed to mean? Am I interpreting this correctly? I missed some dialogue here. And yeah. A lot of the key information is like buried in dialogue, which is kind of like unfortunate because, again, it's not as clear Correct, to yeah. the audience to follow along. Mm-hmm. Especially like the whole blackmail scenario. I felt like I couldn't figure out who was blackmailing who, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay. It's the reporters, you know, the spy magazine or whoever, that's who's blackmailing because, you know, they want access because apparently, um, I guess we even saw this too, you know, like uh, they don't really like reporters around to, you know, document their life, right? Yeah. And you, you understood through even like Jimmy Car- Jimmy Stewart's character, you know, where he's basically, uh, he wants the real, he doesn't like this fake you know uh, uh stories where they just for the story of a newspaper he just wants to write the real stuff right and you got the sense that you know he wanted he thought from an outside perspective you know this rich class upper class society they wouldn't be you know down to earth real people right they'd be fake essentially in his right. mind, and that's and that's basically how we eventually we get to the her uh him and tracy you know scenarios and stuff like that but right so we can like gather some information from the story totally yes it's just again this sort of like imbalanced very much information buried it's like on uh, the same wavelength as like non like essential information so it's like okay right. we can't uh, decipher which is which that's why I'm like uh, in the in like a play version you know we could use certain other aspects like the lighting to like shine upon certain things like okay make sure you pay attention to this moment and stuff like that whereas right. a film Again, this is black and white, too, so, like, I guess you could work with shadows, you know, to do that sort of scenario, too. But, like, it was difficult because they didn't really use any of those aspects. very much keep up with our dialogue to find out what's happening. Yeah, and uh, if we're going to talk about time quite literally, I like how you brought up, like, the idea of, like, you know... Time of day and shadows and everything in this black and white film. That was another confusing thing. Time of day was confusing in this movie. I was like, is it night now? Is it day? Is it like are we midday? That was extremely confusing. And I thought that was poor in this movie, personally. Mm. Like, I, I was watching and I couldn't even follow time of day. And I thought that if I can't follow time of day, and I have been able to in a black and white film, it's possible, even without color. But... I felt like that this movie just did not, uh, like accurately or easily represent those different times of day. Not necessarily. Not really saying that. Oh man, it's a necessity in order to know like what time of day that we're in. I don't think. I don't think it's always necessary. But I think that in some cases, if it has to follow the story for like, okay, this happened on this day, and now it's and now we're at night, and now these this big moment's happening, and we need to be able to like set the tone and set the setting. Right. And if we can't do that, then we're, we're lost already. And, and I, I, I just felt that. And, um, um, it's like almost as if the environment doesn't matter. And that's probably what it shouldn't be. Right. Like yeah. these, we should choose particular either moments to be associated with particular things. Exactly. Cause it adds to the whole effect and the moment. Yeah. Of this, yeah. Capturing this like moment and when it doesn't feel like this is like paid attention to it kind of like it know, becomes noticeable right and devalues the whole scenario exactly that's exactly what i'm trying to say it almost it almost like sticks out like a sore thumb at that point and and it should and it should be balanced mm-hmm. and and i and again i just felt like of course i think we can definitely draw certain pieces of information through characters and the dialogue and the story But then there's a lot of moments in this film where things were just happening and we didn't understand why. Like, did the father even actually have an affair with some dancer from New York? Was that Uh, I think it was made apparent, but like, I I feel as if how they handled it was just awful, (laughs) right? But and but I guess my thought is yeah yeah I know what you're saying, but like I'm I'm thinking to myself like so did it actually happen or did it not? Because are we supposed to be behind the father when he has that moment with, like, essentially just devaluing Tracy? And I I think possibly you're supposed to, maybe, but it's totally not the right move. Right, yeah, I think it went the wrong way. I understand that Tracy is in this position where she has this, uh, you know, these standards of being perfect. Or what it's, or like the idea of her seeming like she has those like, like those standards, but you obviously know that she's more than that. So it was just, it was just strange. To to my like understanding, like it was supposed to be, they were supposed to be telling us that like uh, this character was like an over perfectionist, basically. Right, I got that. And that, that uh, the other people surrounding her were basically trying to tell her that. Uh, not everyone's perfect they're human beings in some scenarios right and then like you like you said this whole idea of perfectionism was loved by george right right and then dexter and the father and like uh, even other people try to like tell her certain things aren't perfect and then she's like kind of scrambling like oh i thought it's supposed to be perfect and yeah you know stuff, stuff like that and that's where like uh, jimmy stewart's character comes in and says like oh no no you have real values this, and this is you're trying to strive for good stuff. Right. And you know, that's how they get together and that's why you know, they like each other. Right. Well, like certain, again, like the father scenario is just probably not right. And, uh, I can see a scenario where like, uh, you, you would want a character to undergo this stuff. But, like again, certain associations is kind of like, wait, what? like, how can, how can, you know, I get behind this certain scenario. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's what kind of like threw some things again off balance. Yeah, and even I feel like there's that moment towards the end where we have, you know, the the moment where Mike uh, asks Tracy to marry him in this and that, like the effort to save the wedding, really, and that was another thing that just felt like we're here already and then it gets to the point where uh you know it's not mike but it ends up being uh dexter again and they remarry and i'm just kind of like really like that that's it I, I i guess i would just like i i felt it i felt it coming but it just felt like like but but this is the this is the plan all along i guess i was just kind of questioning that whole ending and feeling like it was like was this the the way to go It, it felt like it just like, kind of happened in in a way, in my opinion. I felt I felt like in some aspects I saw it coming where where uh, I don't think it didn't feel like Katherine Hepburn's character Tracy felt like she was gonna end up with Mike, but it just still just felt like. They went back to hit her and Dexter, and it just felt weird. I actually think it makes sense, though. It uh, does, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Like, I think the whole thing wraps up nicely, but I just think that the moment it happened just didn't feel right, in my opinion. Okay, actually, I'm actually like in the different camp where, uh, it. I guess I thought it was like okay, it made sense for like those certain uh, scenes to happen, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't think I was like off put by it. Besides, like, uh, again, with the father stuff. But, like, because I think it made sense for Dexter to be with uh, Tracy because, like, uh, that's why, like, she left George because of, like, this whole moment with um, with uh, Jimmy Stewart's character, Connor, and uh, her, Tracy, uh, Catherine Hepburn. Like, they had this, like, pool moment, right? Where, like, oh, what do they do, quote, unquote, right? Because, uh, obviously, like, back in uh, these days, like, stuff like that is probably frowned upon. Oh, and um you know uh George didn't believe uh that uh Tracy was like uh in uh like in the right basically she did something she did something wrong right here by doing it and but yeah dexter showed this like uh, I guess maturity to where like of course i I believe that she didn't do anything here and uh I want to believe her side regardless right because it doesn't matter to me and um i guess that's why i made sense like, i think that at that moment you wanted dexter to like be be together with her because he seemed like the right guy technically mm. uh throughout so i guess like that's why i was like okay with the, the ending i was a little bit like uh hoping that uh jimmy stewart and katherine Hepburn didn't get together because i thought that was wrong technically just because of yeah like, the other characters right i agree and i you know just too early and stuff like that right uh so yeah I guess that's just my whole take on uh that moment yeah I don't know i I just felt like for whatever reason I just couldn't I couldn't get into this film like I thought that like I, I think there were good moments where I was like, okay, I thought that was just a a good a good scene or a good like moment, but I just felt like I don't know overall something was missing for me, and I think maybe it was just the idea of the story I just felt like I was watching this film and then it just felt like. Um, like I know we can't really compare it because it's a different it's a completely different time. It's a different genre, It's different everything. But when we were watching something like The Fog, for example, I think going from a film that felt like it had this very realistic dialogue and real reactions to certain things and then coming to a film that felt very scripted in, at, at times and then the balance was off. And certain pieces of the story wasn't too clear. And it kind of just felt like it was in the background. And we didn't really need to know about it. But it would have been nice to know about it because it was mentioned. And I felt like with those, like, I just felt like I was seeing a too many cracks in the in the the woodwork, I, I suppose. And even, like, breaking it down to just, like, way scenes were shot. It just felt like I couldn't even follow, like, direct... I like uh like a line of sight between two characters talking to each other it just felt so like uh I don't know like it just felt so incomplete in in some way and, it, and it's and a strange because I even was looking into this film and doing some more research and they got like a lot of positive reviews and everything from uh like these three and everything and doing the film and I'm just like, huh, maybe I just need to give it another shot but it just felt like maybe knowing with what i know now and watching it back again i might have a different take on it but i feel like at this point i'm just like um it wasn't what i expected no i totally agree with you in the sense where like you felt like this was like not living up to i guess what you would imagine these three could be capable of like I, there wasn't like a outer world that we were like uh, captured by like it's not like this uh uh, like Alfred Hitchcock film, you know, where you're like, okay, I understand these certain scenarios and I'm in this certain world, you know, where you're captured by it. Even the same with, like, John Cumberter, you know, with The Fog, where we get these ideas of certain uh, characters and then we're led in this, like, adventure journey, you know, throughout their uh, ever obstacle that they have to overcome, right? And this one, it's very much, like, I think it has, like, uh, like good possible, like, in certain areas, uh, relationship, like, um, ideas. But like after that, that's probably it. you know, mm-hmm. where like it's, it's too overcomplicated with certain scenarios. We didn't need this like, o- you know, overcomplicated plots to understand these, uh, scenarios. Um, there was too much dialogue, you know, just to follow up, like maybe for the time it's fine, but like, I feel as if you could have told less, you know, throughout, throughout, uh, maybe, I want to say there wasn't too many moments where they used, like, the full utilization of, like, uh, just like you said, camera and just uh, the, the background setting. The only place, I think, in this film where it was like, oh, this is actually, like, uh, taking advantage of those uh, scenarios is, like, uh, yeah. when Jimmy Stewart uh, first went into this, like, room of presence. Oh, right. And then he took the spoon. And then he's just looking throughout, and then you know the camera zooms out to see this like butler just looking at him, right? And they had this like moment They're like, oh, that was a great moment. Yeah, <laughs> and was like, it was like it's a comedic moment, you know, where he's like, oh no, no, I'm not stealing anything, you know, I'm putting everything back, and you know, he slowly goes back and like eventually just runs into the other room. Right, that's a good moment, I think. They they took, uh, they used all the the correct, uh, I guess, uh, concepts to uh add to that sort of idea but like after that it's like uh you could maybe this is too harsh like just equate it to you know they're just shooting at this place and putting the camera there and that's it yeah yeah like i i felt like the probably the scene that was the most like like kind of like messy i felt like was that moment where they're at the pool I felt like oh, that, that yeah. was a really messy scene. Especially where, like, Jimmy Stewart just leaves and, like, okay, he just comes back later and we don't have, like, some sort of mention, like, what happened there. Right. Well, I wouldn't even say just that. Just, like, the way that the camera's positioned and everything and going back and forth between, like, cutting between the characters. And it was it was strange. It was, it was a little strange to watch. And we obviously have to remember this was 1940. So, obviously, I think at this point, you know, we have to give it some slack and that kind of uh, camera work because it's not ref- completely refined yet and but like if we take it for something like like Mr. Smith goes to Washington, which I believe was also made in the same year or was made the year prior actually in 39 and it is it is very different. In terms yeah. of camera work. I, I wouldn't say just because it is, like, from the 40s that we should probably give it a pass. Because, no, 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 like you just said. Yeah, it's like... There's other films that actually, I think, do a better job in it. Yeah. And, uh oh, yeah, because even something like uh It Happened One Night with Clark Gable. I, I felt like... I think that was a that was a 30-something film. 35, mm-hmm. I believe. And even that film... Right. Well, like, had much better like camera work i think it does have to do with just the the script it's just too dialogue heavy and stuff again with the overcomplicated plot mm-hmm. it's like uh it doesn't seem as uh i want to say like free flowy or under like you can understand certain scenarios as easily yeah you know like there again there's concepts in here where it's like okay yeah yeah, yeah. sure but like uh you know it's kind of like it's very much in like a jumbled uh, I don't know what you want to call it. You know. Yeah, like yeah, just kind of a all over the place story at at points. Not all the time, but I think just like at at points and like we're saying, dialogue heavy. Uh, I am interested. I am interested to check out uh, High Society, which is the technically like the remake of Philadelphia story that yeah. came out of '65 in the form of a musical. With Grace Kelly, Frank Sinatra, and Bing Crosby. And I'm a little interested to see how the story takes place in something like that. Where they're completely like shifting the, the tone, I would say. And I wonder if it works that way. I don't think it will. I don't think it will work. I think Katherine Hepburn was probably the correct choice here. I'll agree with that. Uh, immediately. I think I, sh- I this role was written for her somehow, right? It was actually. Oh, really? Okay. It was li- quite literally written for her. You you could like – I think she's perfect in, in, yeah. in, in the role. I think actually uh, – I think possibly Jimmy Stewart was the wrong choice possibly because I think he's too – I don't know. Like maybe the fact that uh, – maybe he was uh, – he obviously is younger here but I think uh, – he could have been like in the scenario as, like, uh, Cary Grant's character. I feel like mm. he's he would have been smart enough to know this sorts of stuff. But, like, oh, we could just say, oh, this is young him maybe. Oh, okay. Or, like, uh, you know, like just like you said, Mr. Smith goes to Washington maybe. No, he was even smarter in there too. Like, I don't know. I think I think in this film, in actuality, Jimmy Stewart was a little bit not as smart as he usually is when he plays his characters. But uh, I think Cary Grant was perfect too. Maybe I, I just think that they did Jimmy Stewart a little bit wrong, maybe, mm. possibly. You know that Cary Grant wasn't, um, uh, Catherine Hepburn's first choice. Yeah, it was, uh, Clark Gable, right? Yeah. And, uh, um, I think it was Spencer Tracy who was supposed to play Mike Connor, which was Jimmy Stewart's character. So, you know, obviously they ended up going with both Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart. And, um, yeah, again, I think I think with all three of them, it it is it is great to see all three together, and it is a little strange. I do I will admit, like when we both saw them together, it almost felt wrong in some ways yeah, because yeah. it's like how you were saying too much star power, and you're like, wow, this this is kind of unreal. But I think for me, as I was watching it, I didn't feel like distracted by that. I think at first I, w- I was like, oh man, that's crazy, but then as we you know went further in the film, I was like, okay, I it just kind of seemed to work. But again, I just felt like Um Not that I I don't think that this is necessarily a bad film. I think I just need to give it another try. Especially like with what I know now and seeing like how like it works. Like I really did like scenes with like Carrie Grant and Catherine Hepburn together. And uh I think that they did have a lot of experience together at this point already because I think they had like three other films prior to this one. So you could definitely see the chemistry between the two and you know, cause I, I liked scenes. I liked the scenes when like he, you know, gave her the, like the boat as the wedding gift. That was like kind of neat to learn oh, about yeah, yeah. that little backstory between the two of them with, the uh, with the, uh, that boat. And I'm, for, I'm totally forgot what it was called now. It was something love. Um, but it was like an, it was kind of like a neat thing of like character and also just like, you know, the Woody dialogue that Cary Grant had, um, I, I don't know. I guess I, that there was just moments where we did also have like some moments of that were supposed to be humor and comical, but I felt like it fell flat or like it at least went over our heads or uh, of some kind, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And obviously that's going to happen with some, like an older film. Sometimes you just don't catch those things, but I felt like, but I, I can't exactly excuse that because it's an older film because older things like you, you do find that they are like funny and it's not always like, they don't always fall flat just because it's old doesn't mean you're not going to understand. Right. It. It, it, it's, it's dialogue. It's, it's dialogue. dialogue. It's just how we express that, uh, comedy basically. And dialogue has changed obviously throughout and what we find, you know, immediately to be funny, you know, obviously is Kim shift because of that dialogue, uh, change. Um, yeah, I want to say like all, all the actors that, incredible right like right all of them were perfect i just like said like certain stuff was like maybe uh i feel as if they you know especially for like jimmy stewart you know uh just how i've seen him you know elsewhere i was like oh i'm a little saddened for uh his character here but like uh, everybody else you know they're they're fine right mm-hmm. um yeah i guess i guess this movie is like uh Man, I kind of wish to see, like, another scenario where, you know, a bunch of them are, like, in one film again. Mm. Because, like, I think there's certain aspects we could, like, uh, explore, I guess. Um, because, like, like don't get me wrong. It's fine, right, with the whole uh, scenarios that we did. But I just felt like, again, it was a little bit, like, maybe overcomplicated, I guess, just for right now. Right. And and didn't necessarily need to be. Yeah. Yeah. So there we have it. George Cukor's American romantic comedy, The Philadelphia Story. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of The End Credits. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The End Credits Podcast, and over on Twitter at The End Credits. If you're watching the video version, make sure to subscribe to the End Credits YouTube channel. That's it. Thank you, and goodbye.